0: guys, welcome to another episode of Joining the Darts. So this week it's myself, Sophia, and I interviewed... One of the partners from PMM, based in Blackburn, Lancashire. So they are, if you don't know already, PMM are in the top 100, um, and um, are a Lancashire-based accountancy practice um, with over 120 staff. So Chris Johnson, one of the partners, joined me. Interestingly, Chris has been at PMM for the last 20 or so years, straight from a school leaver. He's Remain there for all of his career. He's gone from school leaver to trainee accountant uh, to qualifying to then manager to director to now partner. He works with SME clients, owner-managed businesses and also some really large corporate clients, uh, international subsidiaries or uh, corporate clients all based in Lancashire. Um, he also oversees the audit department so, he's a really busy guy. So, I really appreciated him coming on. So, if you do have aspirations to get to partner one day in an already established firm, then this episode is going to be for you. Enjoy. Morning, Chris.
1: Morning, Sophia. You okay?
0: Yeah, I'm really good. Are you? Not
1: too bad.
0: Good. So, I suppose the first thing I want to kind of get to the bottom of with you is what I find really, really interesting is that. You've been at the same firm now your whole career. So just tell us a little bit about your career journey from then, you know, 16 year old, straight after you left school, you went straight to PMM. Just tell us a little bit about that, that career journey.
1: I suppose it spans back to, I mean, I went through training in 2000. So oh, left yeah. school, didn't really fancy uni, um, didn't fancy college. Um, so I literally thought, that the only thing I can do is an apprentice. I'm doing an apprenticeship. Yeah. Went on to train in 2000, had to do lots of different tests with them and work out effectively what they would say my career would be. Um, Gosh. But I'd always been, my family have had businesses, always been interested in that. I was always good at maths. Yeah, that's but- a- Good start. Okay. And it, yeah, so strangely, I came across saying, mm-hmm. right, accountancy is probably the role for you. Um, and at the time, there wasn't a great deal of apprenticeships in accountancy. Yeah. Um, and I think PM&M was, in, was my first interview I ever had. and
0: Last? <laughs>
1: last. They offered <laughs> me the job the day after, and, uh, and I took it.
0: So it. that's really interesting then. You didn't actually choose accounting training 2000 almost said what do you think about this
1: well I went in with like these are the things I like and okay. the two think um I had accountants say architecture was another one which, all right yeah um, but ultimately I think it was the business side just like say, being actively involved in a couple of small family like family businesses it was yeah it was one thing that I actually really liked and that steered me more down the accountancy route than yeah architecture
0: which so what um, um what businesses were those family members in at, at the time i don't know if they're still in it now but no they're not
1: in it now but it was like parents well we used to live in a pub
0: oh um, right yeah
1: so there was yeah getting to know that how that works so from a from a, an early age i helped with that and
0: mm-hmm.
1: i helped understand it and i think i then i did have other jobs when i was 15, 16, um yeah. before I started, but they were more just in line with what I could get at the time. But it was all around similar sort of industry it was, and it was almost looking at the account side of it, so oh, it right. just nat- <laughs> naturally just progressed.
0: Yeah, brilliant. So why why did you choose PMM back then? I know, I know the answer is probably well, you were really young and you just had the job offer and you just accepted it. But <laughs> apart from that, what? why pm and back then like what was it about them that drew you to them?
1: I say there wasn't loads of apprenticeships back then like I say yeah. I think I only had two or three options and pm and at the time after I researched it they were the biggest out of all the options and they seemed to have more they had more departments and things whereas the other two was effectively one practice one partner practice firms and I thought given the fact I wanted to go into a I wasn't sure what what area or anything yeah. like that and I I go into somewhere where there is the options to yeah. to do all the things um would be my best option um like I say I interviewed there and the person who interviewed me was fantastic it was yeah it was a really good experience on first interview and then that effectively made up my mind at yeah. that point
0: so you trained there then so you did your AAT you've done your ACA um, yeah. and now your FCA as well, all while she have been at PMM. So yeah. how was that for you, that training period? Once you got the job and you settled in all them exams, six years or so, however long it took you, how was that?
1: I wouldn't say it wasn't without challenges. One of the reasons I chose the apprenticeship route was I was always quite academic, but I always struggled studying. So I flew through GCSEs, that was that wasn't an, an issue. My AAT, I thought that was fine, and I hit my professional exams and it was like, wow, this is actually, this is real now. <laughs> and that was when I realised it was yeah. a lot of hard, it was very hard work, very technical. So yeah, it was a, sort of that brought it on that I actually had to change my uh, my studying style. and It became <laughs> a lot more, because I'd never been to uni or anything, it became yeah. very different than a school, because AAT is very much school, college type yeah. tutoring. You get to your professional exams, it's different. Mm. And... It was a quick learning curve, to be fair.
0: Yeah, so you really quickly got to pull your finger out and and book your ideas up, don't you? Did you have to do any resits then in the ACA? I
1: had to do one resit. Yeah, yeah, so I did one resit. Strangely enough, I got one resit in financial reporting, which in theory is everything I do. Uh, But that was effectively my first professional exam. I think that's what really brought it home. And I failed with 54, so it was quite bad. You have 55 to pass. You did well. That was the one that was set the tone for the rest of them.
0: Were you They'd quite well were quite well supported through your professional exams when you were at PMM?
1: so at the time like I said when I did my apprenticeship in AAT there wasn't many at PMM. Oh okay um, but there was lots of people doing professional exams. So yeah when I was doing that I had lots of people to turn to people like I say the buddy provider that we had was good yeah so it wasn't like I said there were people who were qualifying so yeah I got lots of support on from different people at different levels that's good the main one was around exam technique yeah that was the big thing technically I was happy with all the contents in the exams actually having to write in an exam technique was
0: challenging Yeah. And I have some other clients and partners, other practices in Lancashire who actually really help their staff with exam technique. Sometimes even during work hours, you know, if there is a little bit of downtime because they're in their 30s and they're quite fresh from doing their, their exams as well. They really like to help like their their staff that are like in their early 20s and things like that um so yeah I hear that a lot the content is one thing but then the exam technique is is another um so you did your AAT your ACA you're now FCA how are you with keeping on top of like your CPD and and all of that how's that for you
1: uh, it's not too bad. We're quite good. Um, we have quite a lot of structured CPD. So we have, we do bring in-house structured courses a couple of times a year and they're all around accounting, technical updates, auditing, technical updates. And then we have ad hoc structured CPD. Like i say pretty much all of it is in-house now. So yeah, that's, that covers the majority of it. And then you've got your it is ad hoc CPD throughout the year in, in different different skills, but as a partner you, you've got to do it yourself you've got to, got to monitor it and make sure you're yeah. on top of it but yeah a lot of it is covered by structured stuff in, internally which is that's great that is good
0: yeah so obviously you've gone from apprentice to doing professional exams to being a manager qualified accountant to being a manager to now a partner so I think what I really want to know is The early days of becoming a partner. So you've worked your way up, that's fine. You know, a lot of accountants will be familiar with with that progression. You get to partner. How are those early days? Nerve
1: wracking. Mm -hmm. Um, it It is different because I did manager, then I did director, and then did partner. Okay. So the transition of having as director was a client portfolio. I was just in control of my client portfolio. That transitioned with me to partner. So that element of the role was the same but when you partner then there's a whole host of other different things that you've got to do um
0: go on like what give us some give us some juicy ideas
1: <laughs> well ultimately when you become partner if the full responsibility lies with the partner group doesn't it To yes. make sure everything everything is running fine and everybody's okay and the firm is going in the right direction so you end up not just concentrating on your department or your client portfolio. It broadens it across the entire firm. Yeah. That's effectively, it is a transition point because when you are a director, you do interact with other other departments and you, you are all the people. But when you become partner, it effectively then, yeah, the book stops with you, doesn't it? So. Yeah.
0: How many years has it been partner now? Just remind me.
1: <laughs> Five.
0: Five years. Yeah. <clears throat> Five. So, is it getting, um, I don't want to say is it getting easier? Is it getting harder? How's how's it got over the last five years? How's it gone?
1: No, it's gone. It's gone well. I wouldn't say it's getting easier. I wouldn't say it's getting harder. It's getting, there's different challenges all the time. Like I say we're, we are, we're a growing firm. So as you grow, that brings new challenges, yeah. new people, like I say recruiting. Mm. a whole raft of things you have to you have to basically bring into the business so yeah I think it's different challenges which as a partner group is quite good to have different skills and we all embrace them different skills and let people get on with it so it's it is good
0: that's good was there any sort of um, like challenges that have cropped up in the last five years that you think oh my god I just was not expecting that that to happen how did you cope with it
1: Apart from the pandemic.
0: I know, I know you're gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, pandemic.
1: I mean, that's the that's the big one to be fair. Yeah. That that was massive. Say I can remember now where we had middle of March or to end of March 2020, the partner minute saying we we're gonna have a temporary closure for two weeks in the office. Yeah. And then two years later it's or 18 months later, here we are. So
0: And um, now you've got now you've got staff kind of like working hybridly, um, even like your junior more tra- trainee staff. Was that even a thing before COVID and the pandemic? Or were they all pretty much, off obviously, apart from the audit staff, which is different, but were they pretty much office-based?
1: Everyone. I mean, there was, some people did tend to work at home or different offices. Mm. Or, but I'd say pretty much it was office-based working um, or client premise working. Yeah, so that that was new. <laughs> yeah, definitely the
0: logistics a of all of that and how to navigate all of that and communicate it with the staff and make sure everybody... And make sure everyone's working productively. That must have been hard.
1: Yeah, that was difficult. I mean, luckily we everything is remote and cloud anyway, so we yeah. were lucky we could literally just work from home overnight. But yeah, there's there was logistical challenges. Training became so difficult to the point where you're literally having sometimes seven hour teams calls with a trainee, so just on in the background, so like trying to replicate an office environment where they can just ask a question. Yeah. But yeah. I say I think Teams became or Zoom. Yeah, half your life was spent looking into a camera, but but I don't know, like I say, we got through it. Got through it strongly. Learned a lot of lessons from it, which was good. I say I think it forced a lot of a lot of change, which we probably would have wanted to happen.
0: Mm.
1: It forced it, and now keeping that change is is good. But no, I think like I say, I think it it was that was our probably the biggest challenge since yeah. I've been since I've been a partner. With.
0: So. 20 years you've been there just over slightly. why why have you stayed at PMM for so long? I've just from your opinion, what's kept you there?
1: I think I've always been given different challenges at different stages and I've always worked with really nice people. Yeah that, I mean, that's been the two biggest ones as I've, as I've transitioned through different roles and it's always challenged in a different way
0: always felt like a brand new job almost, like a new job every time.
1: It's almost like a new job, or as I say, yeah. it's a new challenge, it's something else to learn. It's, yeah, it's never, it's never got to be like a comfort blanket role for me, which-
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Yeah, I would hate that, so. Um, so yeah, there's always been a challenge, and like I say, I think the people, clients-
0: The growth I mean, like, as well.
1: It's, it's always been like, say, an exciting place to be, so.
0: Yeah, so obviously we know why you joined, yeah. You know, all them years ago we just spoke about that before but why do you think you know apprentices trainees any level why do you think people are joining pm these days
1: I'd say we're slightly different I'd say we're we're probably a bit more modern mm. forward thinking we're trying not to be seen or we're definitely not a traditional accountancy practice in Blackburn I say we work we work with clients that you wouldn't probably expect to have in, in Blackburn. Like I say, some of the, the clients we have, you know, thought would have been at a different firm. But we have that many different specialisms and people in the right places, it means we can we can service clients that and it gives people learning great opportunities to do something they probably wouldn't get to see otherwise. Yeah. So yeah, it's a we're a very open practice, which it's like communication-wise, everybody's in <clears throat> effectively treat it that everybody's got a part to play in it it's not a partner we don't say the partners decide everything and everybody has to follow it it's more of a collaborative working yeah I think people really appreciate that which
0: uh, and people tend to stay as well don't they when they've joined you You yeah we've got got quite a really good feedback on like all your staff surveys and you know I see all of that in the literature and online they tend to stay and they tend to really really love it (laughs)
1: <laughs> which um yeah well i have <laughs> um yeah. yeah no we've got quite a high retention rate um, i say all the older surveys that we do do we get very we get good feedback to be fair we do get some negative feedback but i think we actually listen to the feedback and do something about it and i think that people appreciate that i mean people appreciate being listened to and then actually actioned yeah. so they feel like everybody can actually have a say in something and something will be done about it mm like I say our IIP status comes back each year as uh, as gold so yeah it's like I said the people like the people side is very important so
0: yeah no that's great so let's just talk a little bit about you then and your clients and the, the work that you tend to get involved there so you kind of started off in your career looking at a lot of smaller businesses and then, as your career's kind of progressed and gone on, you've, you know, your 20 years at PMM, you've started working with some more larger clients, corporate clients, international subsidiaries, and you're overseeing the audit department as well. So, I kind of just want to know really what took you on that journey to, to I suppose, get bigger? Why I choose that path almost?
1: I think some of it historically, that was always the path that you went. You progressed. Yeah. And obviously, charge out rates and things go you had to move on to different clients and different do different work with doing different roles um so naturally you go that way like I i still act for a massive vast range of clients across loads of different sectors but ultimately i do sit in the audit department and yeah i'd say probably my part, my portfolio is weighted towards more larger SMEs and corporate clients.
0: Yeah,
1: which ultimately they're no difference. Well, I say they're no different. They are different to smaller clients, but you're still dealing with people. The mm-hmm. numbers are bigger.
0: Okay, it's yeah.
1: With people, um,
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, yeah, you get some things that are a bit more technical at the larger end. It doesn't change the way you work with that client
0: yeah that was going to be my next question really what are the main differences and I suppose are you saying there then that there's there's not really anything too different it's just the the numbers get bigger and a few technical aspects
1: I mean there's, tech, there's technical I mean the accounting standards apply to any business I mean as they actually as get bigger there's more things that you've got to do but yeah. the basic principles are the same so yeah you get more technical issues when you're dealing with international Businesses, there's obviously that element of it where it's not a UK law or a UK accounting standard. So, so, so yeah, there are there are differences, but when you work like I say, you're still working with people doing numbers.
0: So the undercurrent and, almost stays stays very similar. Do you have a bit of a preference?
1: Not really. Like I say, like I say, it's, mine is heavily weighted large SMEs and. And, and corporates yeah large smes and corporates are probably where my skill set fits the best where you can really get involved with a client understand you need to understand the business to be, to do an do an audit effectively so even to do a set of accounts you, you need to really understand it so the larger yeah larger smes and corporates where you can really understand the business from start to finish and the ones where yeah when you've got owners that want you to be really involved in the business that's the they're the clients that you that we really like.
0: Brilliant. How do you find winning them new clients and new business? Do you, do you go out there and win much new business? Do you enjoy it? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean we are we are growing each year. A lot of it, we're, we're out there. We do go to events and we do advertising. Um, so we are out and about in the marketplace. A lot of a lot of work is word of mouth in the local community.
0: Referrals.
1: Referrals. I mean, referrals are the best pieces of work you can, and like I said, sometimes they take one year to convert, two years, I think I've even had one at four years, but I'd say that's where we do get people just randomly, go Google PM&M or accountants in Blackburn, Uh, but yeah, a lot of it comes from referrals, especially client referrals. uh, Biggie for um, you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So obviously you've been there 20 years. Did you ever at any point in your career think You're going to set up on your own because I have a lot of, you know, young aspiring accountants. That's, that's their kind of goal. I'm going to work at so-and-so firm for X amount of time. I'm going to qualify. and I'm going to set up on my own. Did that thought ever cross your mind or would you much rather have, you know, done what you've done and climbed the ladder to the top of an established firm? What did you do and what are your thoughts on all those other accountants that say that to me?
1: I'd be lying if I said I didn't consider it, but then I'd also, yeah, I don't think I'd be able to, well, I know what my strengths are and I know what my weaknesses are and yeah. being part of a bigger firm plays more to my strengths than being on my own. And when you start working with more larger SMEs and corporates, there's loads of compliance and there's lots of other things to be setting up on your own to think about, which would detract me from doing what I like doing.
0: Yeah, I see. Um,
1: if that makes sense because yeah, yeah um, so yeah like I say a long time ago I thought about it and dis- discounted it very quickly <laughs> um just thought actually that wouldn't be for me so I'd rather yeah rather be somewhere where I can be part of a, a bigger bigger thing where yeah, that's I have all the people around you that can help bring out the best of everyone
0: yeah no that's I really I really love that honesty obviously you've got your strengths you've got your weaknesses and your strengths are tailored more to kind of an already established large firm if someone is going to set up on their own what do you think they would need I know you've not done it yourself but what strengths are they going to really need or what weaknesses aren't really going to work to to do that
1: I say if you're going to go on your own you're going to have to be able to be really good at holding client relationships there's only going to be you until you can employ people and then you're also going to have to be really good at the compliance side of running a business yeah because even on your own when you start employing people then you're into you're into things like hr law then aren't you and there's lots of other aspects of having a business that is different to just being a good portfolio holder or somebody who's good clients um Mm. so you've got to have everything to your bow effectively (laughs) especially if you're going to start employing people and growing your own business
0: no that's that's yeah, that's great.
1: Or on the flip side, you're going to have to employ a lot of people very quickly to make sure that you don't fall down any cracks and set yourself up for a fail, failure in the future. Yeah. I think that was the time where I thought, well, actually, no, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> Not for you. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> no, that's, that's – no, that, I love that honesty. Because there are a lot that, you know, do tell me they want to set up. But equally – there's a lot of people that tell me that they want to become partner like yourself in, a, in an already established firm. What do you think are the main qualities that you know you really needed to get there? Either you could either look within yourself or maybe look at some of the other partners around you and just think what ha, why did they get there? What qualities do they, do you think they have or you have?
1: You've got to be a bit brave that you have you have to stand up and take accountability. Mm-hmm. like I say if you're going to be a partner holding client relationships that's a key strength you've got some you've got to find your own style of dealing with people and clients because like I say without without people internally you can't service your clients so you've got to yeah. yeah you've got to be good with people I think that is a key thing you've got to be enthusiastic about it you've got to actually grab all the things and just get them done I think that's a so a lot of it is about attitude rather than everyone takes the technical ability as a given you've done your exams you are technically able to do it you keep on top of it it's then how do you deal with people Mm. to serve clients and actually keep them happy
0: yeah because obviously not not everyone's going to be able to get to the top not every accountant that qualifies is is going to have the opportunity to get there so, do you think, like, at the moment in PM&M, when you look around and the staff kind of beneath you, trainees or managers, do you feel like you can spot who is a potential future partner or rising star? Obviously, don't name any names, but yeah. can you see those up-and-coming people um, and what is it about them?
1: I think, well, the answer is definitely yes, you can see yeah. them. And there's there's probably two categories. There's two There's people that have... You know deep down that they can do it. They are the ones that are probably not shouting about it. If that makes sense, so you have people who are people who aren't very coming out saying, "I want to be partner," but you can see all the attributes of a partner.
0: Okay, so very humble about it.
1: Yeah, and then you have other people who potentially are saying, "Well, actually, I want to progress. I want to be director. So I want to move to partnership." And there's, yeah, there's two different types, but ultimately they've got the same. They they do the same. Yeah, you can definitely see it. Uh, and you can probably see that right from a quite an early stage
0: yeah I agree actually you can just see some when you get some like really good 18 year olds or when I've placed some really good 18 year olds in a company and they come in like on the first day like absolute dressed amazingly um, and the attitude and everything like that I've I'm just think about one particular lad in particular you can absolutely see it uh, they've got that kind of quality about them that they'll go far whether it's in that company or whether you know they move on they, you know they might not yeah. might not be like you chris and stay at the same firm forever but you know whether they're in that company or they do move on they're gonna be really successful in practice or if they do decide to move into industry so i, I definitely i definitely agree with you there um, yeah.
1: and i think like say, hey, it's all about the attitude and how they carry themselves And you can spot that, like you say, from 18... Like, we can see it sometimes in our assessment days. You can say, well, actually, that could be that person. You could see them going really far. But, yeah, the exact same reasons what you just said.
0: Yeah. Just looking at them two categories then, do you feel like, you know, the humble ones that could be partner but aren't shouting about it or the ones that are shouting about it, do you feel like there's... Who's going to get... Is there more chance of one of them getting there before, before the other, do you think, or...?
1: I think here they've got an equal chance.
0: Yeah.
1: We're quite open in performance reviews about talking about progression um from an early stage. Yeah, so it's it's very, it's very open, it's very honest to be fair. It's on the flip side, it's yeah, we'll happily set timetables and talk around it, but ultimately it's got to come down to each individual's own pace. Mm. There's no you can't force people to progress.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, because you, yeah, you must have some people that you could see have that potential and don't want it. You must have some people that do want it and you, I don't, I might be wrong here, but, you know, you might have some that do want it and you're like, oh, I'm not not really sure. Or there must be a whole, you know, a whole different spectrum of employees yeah. that you have got.
1: Yeah, no, I'd say yeah, you're 100% right. We have <laughs> us, um, and that's where you've got to be honest with people. Honest, uh, yeah. And think it's only fair, like, from my point of view, I was given every chance to progress. But on the flip side, I was also given feedback of what I needed to change or what I needed to improve on. Um, yeah. So, from my point of view, I think it's only fair if people want to progress, you have an honest conversation both ways. Like I said there will always be some things that you need to, to work on. Um, like I said, even as a partner, I still have a performance review. <laughs> uh, Who so does it's...
0: your performance reviews then? Who does them for you?
1: So our mine is Jane and Helen. So managing partner and fellow audit partner who looks after the department with us. So yeah. So every, every partner all has a performance review by two other fellow yeah. partners. So yeah, you never stop having to get that feedback or yeah. Um, yeah, throughout your career. I think it's important yeah. to get it.
0: What are you trying to like work on at the moment? You know what's come out of those performance reviews. For
1: you, I don't know when your last one was. I don't even know if you've had this one for this year yet, or um, I think when the last one I had. So I had in, I think it was July. Um, okay, yeah. So we have a mixture. So we have a mixture of 12 month objectives and three month objectives. So you set your, i t- will set my 12, obviously we we'll set our 12 month This is for everybody, not just partners. They called a personal development plan PDP. Um, okay. We we'll set them, everybody sets one of them. At the beginning of the year and that's a mixture of technical non-technical items that they want to get better at yeah. yeah i've i've set mine this year and each three months so yeah i have a mixture of bringing in a new accounting system or okay, yeah. um changing getting some of the kpis in the audit department measurable so yeah there's a whole host of different uh, objectives and we're open to doing that cpd on let's say soft skills or like I say I've done things around presenting and oh, yeah. being, videoed, <laughs> being videoed and um, <laughs> like now, public speaking and things like that. So, yeah, a whole host of different things where you put it in your objective the things that you should want to do. Or, um, so, yeah, I think, like I said, that goes across the board for everybody. So,
0: yeah. Do you, do you have to do a lot of presenting, public speaking, delivering in your role? Um, and did you struggle? And have you got better at it? Or have you always been quite confident?
1: i wouldn't say i'm confident to be honest i do a bit of it not a great deal i say i do some do some presenting do training things like that yeah it's one of the things being honest that is not one of my key strengths no it's
0: fine isn't it um
1: but you do you do it and you learn different techniques of how to do it and i say ultimately it's only talking to somebody isn't it yeah
0: no No, that's brilliant so so obviously You've been a regular employee. We kind of touched on this at the start a little bit. You've been a regular employee of a PMM, and then you have become part, you know, director and partner over the last five years. At the start, you mentioned it's very different. What do you think? Just if you could just pick one thing, what do you think the biggest difference is?
1: Personally, it's the mindset of thinking when I make a decision for PMM, I could impact 120 people's lives. <laughs>
0: Oh God, it makes
1: me a bit scared. Um, which it could. But so, you, so you think about you you think about others a lot more. So I think that's the big the realization yeah. is when when we're a partner, the things you choose to do does impact other people. Oh. Um, and you've got to be comfortable with that and make sure it's the right the right thing to do.
0: So yeah. you mentioned earlier about being brave. <laughs> you've got to be brave. <laughs> and then I had another podcast guest say to me, backing yourself. Really backing yourself. And I suppose yeah. that's, that's that's similar, isn't it? You know, if you've got an idea, you know, run with obviously as long as it's the right idea and the right decision, you know, run with it, back yourself. Recruitment must be a bit of a challenge for you in the market.
1: Yeah, uh, recruitment, recruitment's difficult. I think everybody's seeing recruitment is difficult. I'd say on on the plus side, we have a high retention rate, but we are growing. So we always yeah, we always seem to have some job spec out in the marketplace across various different departments or uh, and yeah it it is challenging I think you've got to be you've got to cheer I don't think recruiting is the same as it was two years ago in some instances you've got to be ready to make an offer within half an hour very quick
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. and Um, candidates will always be out interviewing at multiple places they're never just going to have they're never just going to have one on the table so I suppose it's a case of what can you what can you guys be doing to make sure that when the interview with you and the two other firms that they're going to choose you, what do you look for in your staff when you are recruiting? What 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 do you deem as a really good employee? Or when you're taking on some of your managers as well, what 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 do, what are you really looking for?
1: Deem it is attitude.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I obviously I've said it before the technical expertise. I say at a manager level, technical expertise is almost a given. Experience you're looking for people. Like I said we're. We're a big team very close team so it's almost like you need you find somebody you say right they'll add or supplements enhance the team we've got um yeah but it comes down to personality and like I say attitude and yeah do they bring something different yeah but we, we don't want 120 clones of the same people it's no nah. uh, it is important that people are different so
0: and when you are recruiting into the audit audit department and maybe you do have like a pure audit CV kind of come land across your desk, you know, they haven't, they haven't done any accounts work. What are your kind of initial thoughts there? And I'm sure you'd explore them anyway, but what are your initial thoughts when, when and, and you know, people that you've hired in the past that have been pure auditors, how does that usually fit into the team?
1: I mean, it's slightly different. Mindset of an auditor. Is different to an accountant. Yeah, it's understanding businesses and processes, and then how does that feed through into a set of accounts? But the accounts is how does that feed through into the business processes? If that makes sense. So it's almost like opposite. So generally, I find to be a really good auditor, you do need to have a really good understanding of accounts because you can you can audit the business, but I think it's unless you actually know how the accounts are prepared and how the numbers pull together. It's it's challenging for somebody to audit them. Like I say, I think when you when we recruit from like say larger firms, especially like say top four, they they are very separate. And yeah, I think any audit C V would always look at because again it comes back down to the attitude and the personality of the person. And but yeah, I think understanding accounts is a key thing for
0: for you guys in your in your department.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've recruited people with no audit experience whatsoever, but got a really solid accounts background and then train them in audit. Yeah, it's
0: and that works yeah. well for you. That works well, that's worked well as it for you guys.
1: That's yeah, that's worked well. I'd say probably 80%, 90% of the team have gone through that sort of background.
0: Have you ever had it the other way around and did the struggle? So if you have you had just a pure auditor, let's say from top four, tried to do it the other way and it didn't work or
1: yeah i not say it didn't work it takes longer to train okay Yeah. i think it takes longer to train an auditor into the account side than it does from an account side to audit. yeah um so yeah it, it works it just takes a bit longer
0: yeah no brilliant mm-hmm. and obviously so recruitment massive challenge as we all know in the current market What about you personally? Any kind of challenges personally for you? So in terms of, you know, when you've become partner, family, family you know, family time challenges. Have you have you found any of that?
1: Well, it has been a bit, yeah. Well, when I was becoming partner, it was when I found out I was also becoming a dad for the first time. Oh yeah,
0: because you've got two little (laughs) ones at home.
1: Yeah, so I think it's been good that the challenge has all been alongside each other. yeah, no, I think that's that's probably been my biggest. Yeah, settling into partnership, like saying, growing my role into the, the partnership. Because, like I said, when I came in, yeah, my portfolio was a lot. Well, it was smaller than it is now, and it, my role was to go and grow it, and yeah, and then, like I say, children pop along, <laughs> <laughs> give you an extra challenge. So. Yeah,
0: but then obviously we did have the pandemic nearly two years ago. Did do you feel like that? And you will have worked from home for a lot of that. Did that help a bit with fam- spending more time with the family and, and the kids and things like that? Did that help you much?
1: I mean, it did. I mean, we are quite flexible around when like people are working anyway. But actually being at home, I think it made it easier. And I think it it needed, well, needed to get that break away from working. Because like I say, people it made it easy to get a break. Having um, like I say I think I spent probably Half of the pandemic with a baby at home. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it helped having a break. Otherwise, like not I could easily see people like you sat at home in mm-hmm. bedroom, office, looking at a computer for hours on end and not actually having a break. So it did help in that instance. But being at home with a young family, I'd say it brought its challenges around meetings and things, which uh, it did help to break up the day. And spend probably spend more time with them. Yeah, I if I was in the office.
0: Yeah, you know? that's that's so interesting that you know if you're in the office you'll have been staying later and then you've got your commute home. But that working from home that allowed you to just be there, you know, be there. I suppose.
1: Yeah, and you were there. You can you could break off. You can spend time, yeah. and then just redo something. Like say you can easily just log back on.
0: Yeah.
1: Afterwards, just a minute make it up or yeah it it did help I say the hybrid working helps with that
0: do you still hybrid much yourself Chris or are you more in the office these days what what do you do
1: um well I'm doing between two and three days a week in the office Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so I think we've that's yeah effectively that's where we've said that we'd like everyone to go hybrid and try and get three days away from home because Mm -hmm at clients they work at in the office or a, a real mixture yeah no i've i've kept that for the for the time being and i say it works well so
0: yeah i change yeah. it so you mentioned before obviously you have your performance reviews and you know and you've always got things that you personally that your goals and objectives that you're being set kind of over your time as partner over the last few years or even over your career i suppose it's up to you really is there anything that you've implemented at PMM, or you know achieved in your time there that you think god you know i'm really i'm really really proud of that
1: yeah, there's probably a few to be honest um,
0: yeah
1: but i'm quite proud of like say the firm growing and the people we're bringing in like say, how the audit team has evolved because that is probably maybe eight nine years since it was it used to be one big department and then split out so
0: okay.
1: it's it's changed and grown dramatically over last few years so yeah. I mean that's one I think like I say becoming partner yeah that was, that was a massive thing that's what yeah the other one that was a challenge for me I've, we, we put a full new IT computer accounting systems in what felt five years ago now which um yeah it was massive taking systems that the firm had used for uh, well yeah God knows how many years uh, yeah. a lot <laughs> and putting in a brand new system was yeah a big a big change which
0: yeah right at the start of your becoming partner as well then if it's five if it's five years
1: yeah yeah it was right at the beginning no <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it was just like a, a test to be fair which...
0: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. did it did it take a while was it was it a year in the making
1: yeah it took it was easily six to nine months planning it six months implementation across data cleansing and getting it all up and running and then probably six to nine months following that of just transitioning everybody to using a a complete new system
0: yeah what system um,
1: is it we brought in cch
0: all right yeah
1: we we had effectively best of breed software in the past and then we chose to put it all together
0: yeah Um, yeah brilliant so just before I let you go then, I just want to know what are what does the future hold for Chris and PMM? So both personally for you and the business, what what are the plans? What are the goals? What are we working towards? Let's say, I don't know, over the next five years, maybe, because you've done five years, next five years, what what's the plans? What's the goals?
1: I mean, we we have a, our vision is to be the best Northwest firm of financial professionals. Yeah. So we, we will grow. Yeah, we'll only grow for the right reasons. So, yeah, it's got to fit, whether that be just naturally, organically or acquisition. um, Then as long as we stick to the values we've got, that's massively important. Yeah, We'll keep growing and see where we get to.
0: Yeah. What does that growth look like? Or Are you going to divulge all the PM&M secrets? Do you want to climb further up top 100? Do you want more offices?
1: Yeah, I mean, we would move further up the top 100 like I say we're as a partnership we've always said we never want to get massive and they'll become a tipping point or there's a management of it of we have a culture and a style of way of working now where we don't want that to change yeah the culture and the way of working we need we want that to stay the same or, or, or evolve so it's not a case of getting big quick it's not a case of selling <laughs> it's not a case of going out and buying a lot of people it's it's got to, it's going to be done right yeah but yeah i think that's that's where we'll
0: yeah do you feel like you know obviously staff wise it's about 120 now isn't it and two offices blackburn and, uh, blackburn and berry do you feel like there's going to be how many staff do you see it beat does the partnership see it we've
1: got three offices we've got an office in oh, I think I've,
0: oh my god i'm sorry <laughs> it's <laughs>
1: We don't tend to actually put numbers on things like that. Okay. Like, say, as a partner group, we haven't put numbers on number of partners or anything like that because it could be anything
0: Mm.
1: as long as it's the right. As
0: long as it's right.
1: As long as it's right, then we will consider it. It's, But, yeah, we don't tend to, like, putting numbers on... Number of partners, number of people, number of offices. Uh-huh. Like I say it's the same with recruitment. If things come along and it's right fit, we'll we will look at it. But like I said, that's what everybody in this marketplace will do the same thing. So it's yeah. So we don't tend to put numbers on things like that. Yeah. So the five year the five year plan never has never generally has numbers on it. We tend to do that more short term. Every twelve months, we really look at it and say, right, where we're going to go in the next twelve months. Yeah. How does
0: and is, is there any sort of Diversifying on the cards for PMM into other kind of markets, or for your your team, your department, is there anything else you want to get get into?
1: I mean, we have considered things in the past, but I think we cover, like I say, we cover accounts audit, cloud accounting, corporate finance, due diligence. I mean, we have a separate financial planning division, mm-hmm. so I think if we add anything, it becomes it could become a distraction and it's something that we're not good at. So I think it's a case of stick to what you're good at and do it well, (laughs) rather than diversifying to something which somebody else can probably do better. Yeah. So I think we'd rather work with other people that we know and know can do that job better for our clients and us Mm. than try and do it ourselves.
0: Okay. Yeah. So what referring it on to like other key partners that you work with?
1: yeah I mean, it's, it's the world i think like I say clients now will buy the best off numerous sources it's effects like when you go shopping you don't you don't go to the same place and buy everything from one shop anymore dear which but from an accounting financial planning perspective we offer everything but then if they want mortgage advice or hr or insolvency there's other people in the market that do that where we can use like say a key referral relationships to to help clients rather than saying, all oh, right, let's set up a... an insolvency practice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, definitely. And anything personal for you before we go? Any personal goals?
1: I think like I say, the big one is now it's transitioning out of the pandemic mm. with keeping, like I say, the culture flexibility it's, and the way we work. That is a challenge for this year. And like say overseeing that, the audit department doing that and yeah. Like I said, through a period of growth and recruitment is yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. good luck with it all. Good luck with coming out of this crazy pandemic. Um, And I've really, really enjoyed chatting with you. So thank you, Chris, for for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you. It's been yeah, good. thank you.